always have an issue. What you finna do? What you finna do? What you what you finna do? What you finna do? Hi guys, it's Natasha again, back with another week of a podcast, of the YBF podcast, Branding 101. Um, yesterday, I, okay, so today I'm a little hyper because I'm drinking coffee on an empty stomach and it's just been a lot. It's been a very busy week. So yesterday I went to this event and I didn't get home until 1 a.m., which means I forgot to eat dinner. And that means this morning when I was going to figure out breakfast, I realized I need to do this podcast. So I haven't had time to do breakfast. So I was like, well, let me get coffee. (sighs) Y'all like this is my life. It's just like think little things like this. After you have a really stressful week, little things throw off your entire day. So I'm drinking coffee and now it's put me in a very hyperactive space. I haven't had coffee in so long. I've been doing this diet where you're not really allowed to have sugar. You're not allowed to have cream and milk. But hell, today, I ain't had breakfast or dinner last night. I'm drinking this coffee. That's right. Y'all gonna deal. Anywho, last night, I went to the... um, I went to the screening for The Quad. It's this new show coming out on BET, by the way. And... um. It's interesting. You all have probably seen, you know, the promo. We posted about it on the YBF.com, the, the trailer and the promo and what it's about. It stars Anika Noni Rose and also stars Jasmine Guy. So I was kind of shocked to see her in it. It was it was cool. It was at the Paley Center, which is Paley Center for Media, which is a pretty, you know, fancy place for media professionals. And they did a talk back afterwards after they showed. I can't even tell if they showed one episode or four. We were literally sitting there watching stuff for like two hours so I don't understand I don't know if this is an hour format I don't know and they show maybe two episodes I don't know if it's a half hour format and they showed us four I just know it kept going on and on and on and on and on and then afterwards they did a talk back so Mark Lamont Hill hosted and Anika Noni Rose was there as well as Jasmine Guy as well as Rob Hardy our new bestie over here at YBF um, who directed and created the show and one of the stars of the show um it's set in the HBCU and it's all about what you would think for a movie or for a show that's called the quad. I can't a hundred percent say that I'm going to add it to my DVR. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad show. I think that people will like it in the audience loved it. Um, I just get my DVR is so full, but I will say this, that I will watch it if it's on because I I like scripted television. Like I love TV. So it's hard for me to think that a show is horrific. So I actually think the show is good to watch. I'm just not 100% sure it's going to be like, you know, appointment TV for me. And I'm probably not even their demo, to be perfectly honest. So um, if if you are a college student or right out of college or in professional school or even, you know, if you're in your early 30s or late 30s, whatever, I'm in my early 30s and I... I'm not 100% sure if that's the main target demo. Um, I think it's probably the people in their 20s, you know, like millennials. But um, I don't know. I think it's it's a cute it's a cute situation. Applause and congrats to BET for finally having a, another good scripted television show for the black folks. 
there are like four major white characters. I found that very interesting. Yay. I know. Yay. I found it very interesting. And I kept saying, how many how many white stars on this show? Like, I don't have a problem with it, but it was a lot. I've never seen a show on BET with four major white characters. I thought that was interesting. At an HBCU? At an HBCU. And, and I kind of thought it was interesting because they, they didn't even like... <laughs> They didn't address the fact that these white people are at an HBCU. And while we all know, I didn't go to an HBCU, but t I know tons of people who did. And I mean, the HBCU that we went to every weekend to, you know, see other friends and to do parties um, was Prairie View A&M. And I don't recall seeing that many white people there just chilling on camp. Like there were a few, they might've been on the football team. They might've been um, there for certain programs or, you know, there were always a few, um, but it just wasn't like a super prevalent, obvious situation. And if it was, we would ask a question like, Oh, well, what you doing here? You know, I think it's great. I just think it's interesting that they didn't even address the fact that there's four major white, not just extras, four people in the actual cast that are going to have every, like they're regular cast members um, that are on the show. One is a white quarterback. There's always that one white quarterback at the HBCU. <laughs> always. Um, the others are students. And it's just like, well, students and one like administrator. Administrator. It's just, it's interesting. It's, that that is probably the most interesting thing I noticed out of that whole show. Um, but I do love the fact that it's not disrespectful to sororities and fraternities. Don't even think that. I know that a lot of people were like, oh, we need to get this shut down if they're going to go in about, you know, hazing and sort It's not. No, it's a it's a really good depiction. And, and people that were there were saying um, this reminds me of my first year at my HBCU. So that's a good that's a good sign. Um, it's a cute show. It is. So congrats to y'all. Congrats, Mitzi Miller, on creating the show. Congrats, Rob Hardy, to for making the show. And black folks are doing big things. Yes. Anywho, I don't know about y'all, but like I wake up sometimes, especially after this election, definitely before, but especially after this election, I wake up in a rage sometimes. And I just feel like going off on everybody. Because, you know, as a black woman, you can't, you can't just express what you feel all the time. Because then you're labeled the angry black girl. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, there's so many things that happen to us every single day, every hour on the hour that we have to smile and take it and pick our battles. Because we know that the more we talk about things, the more people become they suddenly can't speak English and they can't understand it or they just, you know, oh, I, I didn't hear that. You know, they become deaf. Like, so I've started to pick my battles because I've noticed that, especially during this campaign and election season, I was literally going in on the hour on my, on my Facebook page. I was treating Facebook like my dog on diary. So I've kind of held on to a few things. It's kind of seeped out a little bit on the site my opinions on certain things but yesterday there was one particular you know it's like a build-up like there's a lot of things happening that you see in the news that you see in entertainment that you see you know just going about your everyday life as a businesswoman people that you have to deal with people that don't respect you don't respect your craft don't respect your 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 content don't respect you as a business person or as a professional y'all y'all know what I'm talking about y'all deal with them people at work 
and y'all deal with them people in your if you're an entrepreneur you deal with those people when you do meetings and things like that everything kind of just culminated yesterday when I woke up the first story on my email on my phone because you know it's the first thing you check you roll over and you check your phone 7 a.m I had literally just laid down I want to say an hour before it was an all-nighter for me I had a lot going on this week um and I was like well let me just lay down for an hour and then I'll make sure I get a good eight to ten hours tomorrow night I don't promote this but sometimes it's what happens um the first story I see when I roll over and look at my phone at 7 a.m show is the Kardashian sisters are trying to stop Angela Renee Kardashian from trademarking her name. Oh, Jesus. Let me get my thoughts together. I was infuriated when I saw this. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Here's the deal. Y'all already know how I feel about these Kardashians, so it pains me to even have to talk about them. But in this case, we're going to talk about it because they need to be read for all the filth for this foolishness. So here's the thing. The Kardashians decided, and when I say Kardashians, I'm saying Kim, Chloe, and Courtney. They have filed paperwork to stop China's request to trademark Angela Renee Kardashian. As we all know, Angela Renee is Black China's real name. Um, Allegedly, according to them, they're saying that if she trademarks Angela Renee Kardashian, it will then put a damper and damper is a nice word compared to what they were using. It put a damper on their brand. People won't be able to, you know, distinguish between Angela Renee Kardashian and the other Kardashian ladies. They have a trademark on their name, they're a brand, they're a quote-unquote self-made brand, and they don't want anybody infringing on that trademark. Here's the problem with that. When you get married and you're married into a family, whether that family is a branded name or not, legally you can take on that name as a marital name. That's correct. So why in the hell do they have a problem with her doing that? This is her right to use the name that she marries into. I'm going to give you all exactly what they said because I can't. So here's what they said. They said she's trying to lock down the name for use while working in entertainment and also on social media. Then they throw into the document saying that if she gets the trademark that they Kim, Chloe, and Courtney will suffer damage, including, I'm sorry, that they will suffer damage, including irreparable injury to their reputation and goodwill. Hunty. (laughs) Do what now? (laughs) You cannot be serious about this. I'm almost positive that your alleged good reputation that you think you have doesn't even exist. In this goodwill that you speak of, I mean, you know, maybe you all do do some great will efforts. I don't know. But we hear about all the bad things. And to me, they are bad. When you create an empire off of being a porn star. I mean, <laughs> I don't recall Black China doing that. Was she a stripper? Yes. But you were a porn star, Kim. What's the difference? I actually think one is worse than the other. Crazy enough. When you have 
run through most of the NBA publicly. I didn't see Black China doing that. Sure didn't. Nope. When you have three kids by a baby daddy who's addicted to crack or cocaine or whatever he's addicted to. I don't see Black China doing that. Where on earth is she going to make your brand suffer irreparable injury to your reputation? Your reputation is that you're a porn star. Your reputation is that you have not done anything to earn what you have other than have the complexion for the protection. That's it. So last I checked, how dare you? Last I checked that you can tell a black woman that she cannot take your name because she will basically is beneath you. That's basically what you're saying. They said that black China is deliberately seeking to profit from the goodwill and popularity of the Kardashian name. Oh, you mean how you deliberately seek to profit off of the goodwill and popularity of black culture? What's the difference? Once again, Oh, because a black girl did the same thing to you. Now it's illegal and a problem. Oh, that, the other issue I have here is you assuming that Black China is trying to deliberately seek to profit in all these things that you just said. Kim, weren't you just best friends with China right before she got with Rob? Isn't that how she met Rob? Weren't y'all taking butt selfies in the mirror and posting them on Instagram? Weren't y'all going to dinner and lunch every doggone day whenever she was with Tyga? And you and, you and Kanye were doing double dates with her and Tyga? Weren't you claiming she was your new bestie? And then suddenly, when her and Tiger broke up and your underage little sister started dating Tiger, now you don't know China. Now it's China, I don't know. When I watch, I think I watched like one episode this past season, whenever the whole China thing happened, because I wanted to see how they were going to spin it on their own reality show. It was laughable, the way that Kim was acting like she didn't really know who she was. The way the whole family was like acting like they don't know who she is. She was Kim's bestie for like six months. They were filming the show. She was on your show. Y'all going to dinner. Y'all doing this. Y'all doing that. So suddenly you don't know who she is and she's some girl named China. I think like Chloe said that. Some girl named China has been tweeting us about Rob. Are you, are you serious right now? The level of disrespect and the level of acting like some black girl that walks, just walks up in here and just try to take over the family. No, Kim was friends with her to begin with. So stop acting like China sought y'all out to go out here to profit off of your name. That's not what she did. Child, the day I'm defending a stripper tells you a whole lot. But it's, it's really bigger than that because I actually, I respect when people grow from situations. And we've talked about this before when it comes to Amber Rose and things like that. I respect that. And I don't think that Black China is a bad mother. I don't think she's a bad person. I actually respect her business acumen to create what she's created. She's actually created, not just signed her name on, not just had her mother hand to her. This girl came from nothing, not just nothing, but actually, you know, from a place where her parents weren't necessarily the best role models, you know, like her mother was also a stripper and was stripping in the club right beside her. And her father wasn't, you know, wasn't there all the time. She talked about that on her Robin China show. She still managed to not do the same things. These Kardashian girls who had the world at their fingertips, all of their lives born with a silver spoon in their mouths and had everything you could think of rich, pretty, went to the best schools, went to, got everything they wanted, has been in this industry and this entertainment world for Lord knows how long. 
been running through Hollywood for years, long before y'all saw them on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So they had everything at their fingertips, yet look where they are. Yeah, they, they have a $60 million business, whatever you want to call it. But also look at the other things that happened, the things I just named. I don't recall those things for China. I see that she's a self-made person, and I respect that just as much as I will respect if I respected their empire, just as much as I would respect an empire like that. What's wrong with that? A self-made black businesswoman? Why, why is that less respectable than some chick that made an empire off of being a porn star? Had a black girl done that, she would have never gotten nowhere near no $60 million. Does that make her smart? No, that makes her mother smart. I'll respect Kris Jenner over these girls any day if we're going to respect somebody in this situation at all. Is she a porn star? Yes. Whenever you, the definition of porn star means you have sex on camera willingly and you willingly sell it. She sold it? Yes. I thought Ray J sold it. No, Ray J has said many times that that was Kim. Many times. He didn't even get no money for it. He's talked about it. Many times he what? said that that was Kim's doing and Kim wanted to play the role of, I don't know what happened. I don't know this. I don't know that she signed her name on a contract and got, I think 4 million or something like that for, for her sex tape. That's what we call a porn star. But you know, whenever you're a certain complexion, what complexion would that be? And a certain race, we don't call things what they are. We find euphemisms <laughs> and we say, Oh, well it's a business move. Uh oh, so, oh, okay. If that's what we want to call it, I call it being a porn star. I never knew she sold it. The girl sold it. We all have videos. But we're all not selling them. We all might have videos, but we are all not selling them. And, you know, I don't have a problem with doing that, per se. I do in a way because I am, I am a feminist, and I do feel some kind of way about capitalizing only on, on actual sex. Not about sex talk, not about the, you know, sex. being sex positive is very important. But capitalize off of you having sex is, I go back and forth with that. You know, I know that there's an argument about we need to respect porn stars and isn't that a form of feminism? I get it. I just, no, there has to be a line. And I don't even think that, I mean, there are some porn stars who say, I love what I do and I'm, you know, this is my own business and I run this. And a lot of those porn stars, when you talk to them 10 years later, regret every single thing that they did. So let's look at this realistically you know um and same for strippers I, I feel like you know do what you have to do if you absolutely have to do this to get by and to get to the next step girl do you but always learn from what you're doing and evolve why stay in that place and that's why we talked about previously like i think like three or four podcasts to go about respecting amber rose and her evolving from those things same thing with black china they're not still stripping on the pole or not still talking about that. Every now and then they throw it in there because, hey, that's, I mean, that's them. That's their personality. But it's not something they dwell on. They try to make the focus now business. And I'm not mad at that. Would I do it personally? No, but that doesn't mean I can't respect someone else doing that. But at the same time, when you keep, when you know where you started and you know how you started your company and then you put down another person who basically was in the same lane as you, she didn't do as bad as you did though. She didn't actually have sex on camera and sell it. Um, you can't judge her. And the fact that you're now judging her and doing so publicly, they have ripped this girl to shreds ever since Robin, Robin um, China announced that they were together. Ripped her to shreds. Chloe was all over Twitter going off, talking, basically calling her lesser than. I can't believe that Rob is with her. I don't know who this girl is, la da 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 da. It was disgusting. And never once did Black China pop off back on them. Did Amber chime in for her friend? Yep, she sure did. And that was an epic Twitter beef, by the way. 
Amber and Chloe loved it. Um, but you can't you can't keep judging people and it tends to be a judgment against black women the same black women they steal everything from and act like they invented the same black women they friend up they say oh i'm gonna make sierra my best friend i'm gonna make lala my best friend i'm gonna make this person my best friend they love to befriend the blacks but as soon as they get to where they need to get where them black people at i ain't seen i ain't seen sierra with 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 kim in shoot like six months wasn't even at that girl wedding. Good for her. Good for Sierra. Stay away from the black ones. But they surely needed all these black friends when they were doing their, her and Kanye were doing, Kim and Kanye were doing their wedding at, in Italy and they wanted to, you know, portray a certain image and all these things. She had tons of black friends. But as soon as Kim got what she needed from the black friends, which is the probably the one of the most rich and powerful black men in black Hollywood, as soon as she reached the top of that mountain, she don't need y'all no more. Not only does she not need y'all, but she's willing to belittle and disrespect a black girl just because she feels like you will tarnish our name. I'm sorry, did, did Tyga not do that whenever he started sleeping with your underage sister? Didn't, didn't hear y'all. I didn't hear a peep from y'all about that. But all of a sudden, China is just the most horrific thing that could have ever touched her family. Last time I checked, she's the one that got robbed out of depression. Did she not? Y'all been over here complaining about Rob for like 10 years, it feels like. <sighs> it's so frustrating to wake up to people belittling and disrespecting black women who don't deserve it. It's bigger than just, oh, well, China's a stripper. She's an Instagram person. She's an, it's bigger than that because you have to understand the slippery slope and the trickle-down possibility of that. If y'all keep, if y'all can say in one vein that these Kardashian girls are like the epitome of the world and they have a thousand million, two hundred million, billion followers all over the place and they're just so influential and so smart and so this and so that, you can't say that and then turn a cheek and say, well, we shouldn't really care about what they have to say about something. You have to pick a lane. You know, if they're that if they're that influential, then what they say, they need to be held accountable for those things. Either they're influential or they're not. Pick one. So if you are, then I'm going to hold you accountable because you just said that you're influential. So I don't want you influencing younger black girls to keep worshiping the ground you walk on. Keep buying your games. Keep buying everything that you put out. This makeup, this hair, these apps, these all these things that you love for black girls to buy. But you are not going to have a black girl having your name now. No way in hell she's about to be equal with you. I find that very disrespectful and very disgusting. So y'all know I tried to hold it in. I was like, I'm not going to go off on these people today. I'm not going to do it. But I couldn't hold it in. So where did I go? My Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> like the typical American would do. I opened up my Facebook page and went in I mean I just I couldn't like and I knew I couldn't say all of this on the site because a lot of people just assume I guess because I'm a black girl I'm every every time I have a have a gripe or have a have a criticizing moment about a Kardashian I must be a hater I'm I must be jealous I'm not allowed to to call a spade a spade because I'm black and therefore I'm automatically going to be jealous of any white woman that has something over like you know like it, it's just it's crazy to me so I just kind of avoid that conversation and I just I say I say what happens and I put in my little little shade either you catch it or you don't on that post but on my Facebook page which is personal I goes in 
I'm gonna tell y'all what I said because this is just you know I'm not even mad about it because this was like a, a day ago so now I'm over it but yesterday I was in my feelings because you know as a black girl it's like you you're constantly being you're constantly being tried constantly tried so when you see someone who is always using you and your friends and your culture and your everything to get to where they are when it comes to hair when it comes to body when it comes to makeup when it comes to lip fillers when it comes to botox when it comes to everything that black girls have naturally yet you go out and buy and everybody in the world acts like it's something new and something amazing things that we got railed on since i was in since i was in fifth grade and had a body of a dog on 30 year old i got railed for it so I hated my body, hated it. I tried to cover it up. I was trying to wear boy clothes. Like I wanted to cover everything. And now suddenly it's great. Not one white person and really, really no black people ever told me I was beautiful. You know, like, oh, your body's just so beautiful. You need to respect it. You need to love that. I was railed for it. When men are showing you, grown men are showing you attention as a young girl, you think that you did something wrong. And when everybody else is criticizing your body, again, you're thinking it reinforces, I'm doing something wrong. Yet you can't control that. I never wore a training bra. I went straight from nothing to a C cup when I was 12. You know, like that's that's a lot. And looking back in pictures, I was like, damn, I had the body of a 30-year-old. You know, like that's not 30, maybe like 20, 21. <laughs> um, and I tried to cover it up until I was in college. Like that's... These are things that black girls face. And then when we see a white woman being praised for those things that she purchased and doesn't even want to admit that she was purchasing it, but that she purchased or that she, you know, photoshops or, you know, just whatever. It's frustrating. And when you see that same, black, that same woman attacking and belittling and disrespecting a black girl that has all those things as well, it's like, are you kidding me? How dare you say that she's beneath you? That's basically what you're saying, that she she will tarnish her reputation. How? Unless she doesn't measure up. To me, it's like an upgrade for y'all. Y'all can show that you really do. You really are, you know, great people, and you will welcome anyone. But that's not what y'all want to do. You want to say, absolutely not, girl. Stay over there. But here's the deal. When Black China actually marries Rob, and something, at first I was like, they ain't never getting married, y'all, please. This is just a... China's getting this. She's securing a bag, honey. Um, I actually think she might do it just to make sure, just to prove a point. She is like, Rob, let's walk down this aisle. They might even elope just to piss everybody off. Ooh, I would be here for that. Don't ever disrespect a black girl, especially a black girl that you are dying to be like and look like. You want all the things that make black women beautiful and you want none of the burden somebody is going to set you straight. And I actually hope that it's Black China. So speaking of Kim, her husband, Kanye West, um, is allegedly doing better. And allegedly there's no divorce in the works, like we heard over the last week. I say allegedly because I, there's always these competing stories. There's always 200,000 stories saying one thing and then one story from TMZ that says something different. I will say I do feel like TMZ is more credible than the other people saying something different. But in this case, knowing what I know and being in the media, I know how the source, quote unquote, that TMZ will have will often be the celeb themselves. In this case, when they're making definitive statements, that's a signal that the family or family representative or the celeb themselves has reached out and said, hey, can you say this and can you put the story out there? But don't say I gave it to you. It screams Kim and Chris 
this whole statement, the latest statement from from the Kardashian camp, from the Kardashian West camp. So we told you all last week about the drama with Kanye and how he, you know, got admitted to the hospital. And at that time, he was actually still in the hospital when we were recording. He got out a few days ago. He was actually in there for eight full days. He was supposed to be in there for three days. That's the minimum it's minimum and maximum. That's what they, when you are submitted on a 72 hour hold, like they want to keep you for 72 hours. If they feel comfortable with letting you go, then they let you go at the 72 hours. If they don't, they keep you. And that's exactly what happened. They did not feel comfortable letting Kanye go after three days. So he stayed there in the hospital at UCLA. There were mental issues at play. There were emotional struggles. There was, it was a lot going on. Now we're hearing that it all stems from standing psychological issues that Kanye was taking medication for. Hmm. That's funny because we have referenced and said that we feel like Kanye had some psychological issues over the last few years. We've said this. It's obvious. I mean, I don't know who, who doesn't see that, but every time we said this, the yay hive came after us on Twitter. <laughs> Every time it was, you're a hater. You don't understand him. You're the exact person he's talking about. You know, you just, you want to keep a black man down. And no, he has issues and it's obvious. And when you start attacking black women, I'm going to start speaking up. And now here we are. Allegedly, he's had psychological and mental and emotional issues for several, for a while. And he's been taking medicine for it. Allegedly, he adjusted his meds himself whenever the whole Paris robbery to Kim happened. And it was a culmination of the robbery, him not being there, his wife's life being in danger, which is a very valid, I mean, this is probably post-traumatic stress on a whole different level. I totally understand that. And I don't, I don't belittle that at all. Um, a culmination of that and just, you know, him not sleeping, him overworking, him being exhausted, some of which I think he puts on himself. Um, him trying to prove points to people that don't matter. Like, just do you. We talked about this last week. It's a culmination of all those things. And I think that it, and him adjusting his meds, if that's true, like TMZ says, uh, that's, that's a recipe for disaster. And that's why I think that nervous breakdown happened. And why doctors even say that that's why the nervous breakdown happened. So fast forward to today. As of today, he is out. He's back at, he's been back at home for a couple of days. We heard stories that he was not at home, that he was sent home, quote unquote, but he's now staying in a separate place than Kim and the kids because allegedly Kim doesn't really trust him around the kids at this very moment. She wants him to kind of get, but I don't, I don't think that it's that she thinks that he's going to hurt them. I think it's more of a, you know, when you're emotionally and mentally unstable, I, I don't think that being around children is the best place for you either. Um, I kind of understand that. For both parties, for the kids, as well as for you. Kids are a lot. He needs the love from his kids. Th that, that's not to say he doesn't see them. But being in the house with them 24-7, that's a lot. Child, I babysat. I, they put me in an emotional state. And kids put me in a mental state where I need a drink. I get it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think it could be a lot. And they have two kids, two very young kids. Um, Saint just celebrated his first year his first year birthday, by the way. It's so cute. The pictures that were posted are very cute. Um, I, I think that it's probably best for both, if that story is true. 
But allegedly, yes, he is getting love and support from his wife and his kids. Now, there have been rampant rumors, rampant all over the place, rumors that they're getting a divorce. And Kim is at her wit's end. She is, she's been tired of his rants and his overworking and his extra stress and all this stuff. She's been tired of it for a while. I could, I could see that. She seems like the type to be tired of it, but stay anyway, just, just for the image. That's kind of what she did with Chris Humphreys. She knew damn well she shouldn't have married him, and she got married to him anyway. She knew it. If you watch the show, like, she was saying it to herself and to her family, yet she went through with it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I also, I think that it's naive to say that no, no issues, no strain is caused on the relationship after all this crap that's happened. There's going to be some type of strain. That doesn't mean that they're automatically getting divorced. It's called relationship. You know, you go through ups and downs. I do think that that's the case. As for the divorce rumor, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Kim wanted a, wanted a divorce. I I don't necessarily 100% believe that story just yet. Um, I do 100% believe that there are issues and that they're struggling as a couple, as anyone would. When there's a mental situation or whether it's addict addiction, whether it's, you know, mental health, whether it's emotional struggle, like any of those things are going to cause a strain on relationships. If you got fired from a job, if you, I mean, I feel like there's couples that almost split up because they're, you know, renovating a house together like stress affects your relationship you know and that it, it's impossible and it's it's impossible for it not to and it's naive to say that they're a hundred percent fine so that's why when I saw a story today that said Kim and Kanye are not getting a divorce and it was very factual very like matter of factual how would y'all know unless Kim and Chris fed that story and to act like everything is perfect. That's also when you see a, a, a celeb putting out a statement that everything's perfectly fine. Usually it's not. It's like where there's smoke, there's fire because nothing is perfect. If a celeb was smart, they would put out a statement saying we are having struggles. We're not we're not on the road to divorce, but we are having struggles. I would believe that in a heartbeat. I don't believe when an obviously stressful situation that any any relationship on earth would suffer from when you come in and say y'all are perfectly fine. No, no, that's, that's unbelievable. It makes me feel like you're trying to prove a point, like you're trying to prove something. So that's what the new story is, is that they, they're fine. They're perfectly fine. Kim and Kanye are great. They're, they've grown closer. They rely on each other more than ever for support. Child. <laughs> they say that since, TMZ says that since Kanye's been home, he's get it, getting much needed rest and spending time with the kids. But he's not overwhelming him, himself with big projects. And then it says, oh, by the way, they've also gone out to dinner a couple times with friends. But then it says... Kanye has been is is working on new music. He has an album full of content now because of his life changing few days. Oh, that's convenient. Now he's got new music to go along with this, and now we're planting the seed that new music could be on the way. Look, I'm not saying that all this was contrived. I'm not saying that the whole situation was contrived. Some people do think that. Some people think it's all staged. Because that's what these Kardashians do. It would not be beyond them. 
it's even what Kanye does to a certain extent. Contrives a lot of things. I'm not 100% sure that this is all contrived because I do feel like he's had some mental issues for a while. But allegedly, Kanye's saying that he treats this eight-day stint in the hospital and this whole breakdown like his whole hospital stint from years ago when he got into that car crash and he did the song through the wire after which was his biggest hit what's funny what not funny but what's interesting is we actually referenced that we said you know we remember when he did through the wire and it was his biggest hit because it was so real so raw and it was literally while his mouth was still wired shut that he was rapping through that because of that that car crash he was in and he was laid up in the hospital and barely barely surviving and he came out on top. That's how we loved him. That's when we fell in love with Kanye. So he's kind of, he feels like, allegedly, that these two situations are parallel. Maybe it's his way of getting back to that. Hopefully. But is it a contrived way to get back to that? Possibly. Yeah. That's, that's the real question. Oh, I hope it is. I used to love that Kanye. And I'm not saying people can't evolve. I hear y'all. We were going to evolve. Blah, blah, blah. But damn, can we evolve for the better and not the worse? Right. I think that that might be what we're going through. Yeah. He had a crisis during Through the Wire. He had a crisis during 808s and Heartbreak. You remember that's when he was kind of like the breakups and all that foolishness. So he's kind of treating this the same way. I wouldn't be surprised if he drops a song next week and this is all a PR startup, you know, let me plant this story with TMZ and tell them that I'm working on music so people can start to get ready. That's how it feels. I don't know if that's really the case. I'm just telling y'all in my experience, this post sounds very much like let's set this up for a comeback. We'll see what happens. Another Kanye news, another rapper is kind of calling him out for a few things. I don't actually see this as negative. There was a lot of buzz about it, though. Some people saw it as negative. Some people saw it as real, you know, and, and how somebody really thinks and they pretty much are on to something. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So if you heard J. Cole's new songs this week, he released two songs and announced a new album. One song is called False Prophets. Mm-hmm. On False Pro- it's actually called False Prophets Be Like This. So on his verses, it seems as though the way he's talking about certain false prophets, they seem to be very close. Mm-hmm. The descriptions seem very, very similar <laughs> and very, very telling of a few rappers we know. One, Kanye. So... J. Cole came out of the woodwork and dropped all this stuff, by the way. Like, this was not expected or anything. So, he says that he's going to release an album. um, When was it? December? I don't know. I'll I'll get back to y'all on that. (laughs) Child, he ain't ain't pay us to talk about his album. So, (laughs) I'll figure out his release date. And we posted on the site. So, go check it out. Um, He says that he's going to release this album soon, you know, before Christmas. And he released two videos for two of the songs on the album. So it's kind of like a video, you know, kind of like how Beyonce does with you see the video first. So you can kind of piece everything together at once. And it really does feel like it's just him back in his old neighborhood, you know, 
talking about when he was starting out and the rap idols he just loved and who he looked up to and when he actually made it he realized them people ain't shit you know like he they just they're false prophets it, they, they say one thing and they do another when he got closer to the situation he was like no nah, this this might not be what i thought it was so in the first verse he says i mean he raps it but i ain't about to rap for y'all i'm just gonna read the verse he says thank you uh-uh he says, no doubt you see these niggas tripping. Ego in charge of every move. He's a star. And we can't look away due to the days that he caught our hearts. He's falling apart, but we deny it. Justifying that half-ass he dropped, we always buy it. When he tell us he's a genius, but it's clearer lately, it's been harder for him to look in the mirror lately. There was a time when this nigga was my hero, maybe, that's the reason why his fall from grace is so hard to take. Who else could this possibly be other than Kanye? J. Cole has always been a fan of Kanye. We know that. Since the day he came out, it's been very obvious, you know. He was, was he, did he sign, did he sign with Rock Nation when he first came out? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So he's been part of the Rock Nation team since day one. Kanye was always his idol. Let's keep it real. That. It's clearly who he's talking about. Now, some people say he could be talking about Drake because Drake has been his best friend for years. I see this more of Kanye. When you talk about ego, specific words genius. he uses. Genius, genius. ego, right. you know, words that Kanye uses constantly and what he's known for, what he's affiliated with. It's, it's pretty obvious that's who he's talking about. He also says, Maybe it's my fault for idolizing niggas based off the words they be rapping. But come to find out, these niggas don't even write their That's maybe the Drake part, right? But and that's where, Kanye, right? right? And right. some people think that this was the, the Drake reference because we all know all the drama with the Drake ghostwriting and all that crap. But yes, Kanye has also been accused of having a ghostwriter. Consequence, the rapper, um, a few people, a few people. Not accused, he admitted it. He admitted it. But see, that's, I say accused because the whole ghostwriting situation is very tricky. Some people say, when you say I wrote a rap, does that mean you wrote all 16 bars or does that mean y'all collaborated? You know, like it just, the word ghostwrite is very tricky in this rap world. Right. Um, it's looked down upon, but it's also like, okay, but just because somebody helped you write a verse, does that mean they ghostwrote it? Like, and if somebody wrote, one bar off of 16 bars does that mean they go like it's just it's it's tricky it's just tricky period point blank i don't think that kanye outsources 100 percent of his songs to people i don't think any rapper because then you wouldn't be a rapper i don't think any rapper outsources 100 percent. so that's why the whole ghostwriting accusations are such a big deal if you do t say somebody's ghostwriting it's like nah dog you need to get out this rap game right. but a lot of times it means they've collaborated and I don't think that that's such a bad thing, but a lot of people do. So whatever. Um, but it's it's been it's been talked about that Kanye also has a quote unquote ghost rapper, whether it's somebody that's helping him or not. Consequences written some verses. It's tricky. So um, he ends the verse saying, "While the world's egging him on, I'm begging him to stop and playing his old, shit, knowing he won't top it. False prophets can't even front. I feel the same way." Me three. <laughs> I feel the same way. That that last, those last two lines, I was like, it's Kanye. And that's exactly how I feel. That's exactly how a lot of people feel. You're just like, and that's what brings it back to the whole, is he trying to get back to, 
his through the wire days, you know, like because everybody's saying now I miss that. And I don't th- I don't think you're ever going to top that because everything he's done from this point on to me hasn't been on the same level. Um, I've loved a few things. Um, I love the Watch the Throne album. I love um, I didn't love 808s at all. I see why people would feel like, oh, where are these college dropout days? Where are these college graduation days? Like, where is it? Late registration. Late registration. My favorite of all time, late registration. Like, what are we getting back to that? And is J. Cole wrong for calling him out? I don't know. I think it's more of when somebody's your idol, it's like, damn, like, you kind of, you're so hurt by it that you have to call them out. How can you be wrong for expressing yourself? Yeah. In an art form. I, I, I agree. Right. But, you know, people people call him haters. And blah, blah, blah. I think it's actually a good thing. Because if he didn't care, he wouldn't have said nothing. You know? And that's how I feel. When people say I'm a hater, I'm like, no, y'all, I love him. Like, right. that's, it's, it's, it's hurtful. The truth is not always hated. People don't want the truth. And if you don't care and if you didn't like somebody, I know if I don't like somebody, I don't even talk about you. So the fact that I am talking, it means I actually really like you. Or it means this. there's a bigger picture involved that you're affecting other people, the Kardashians. You're affecting other people now that, you know, I'm included in that group that you're affecting. So, whatever. By the way, the second verse, people are saying when at Wale. He was talking about, you know, emotional rappers. Do tell. He said, um, I got a homie, he a rapper, and he want to win bad. He want the fame, the acclaim, the respect that's been had by all the legends. So every time I see him, he's stressing, talking about niggas don't f*** with him. The shit is depressing. He is 100% talking about Wale because Wale stays talking about how people don't like him, how people don't respect him. And it's like, ugh. Like, who are you looking for to respect you? Which brings me to the next line. Like kind of, a little bit. A little bit. Um, the next line he says, nigga, you too blind to see you got fans and a platform to make a classic rap song to change a nigga life, but you too anxious living life. It could really apply to both of them. I think it. I think because he said I got a homie, him and Wale have been very cool for a while. It, it, it's right. just, I don't know. It sounds more like Wale to me. And people thought, and Wale also thought it was about him because he, <laughs> he released a comeback track the next day. A dish, quote unquote diss, not really diss, but he released a response track the next day. Um, and, but what's funny is they both went to the game together that day too, some college basketball game. So I don't think that they're like at each other's throats, but sometimes you got to get stuff off your chest. And if that's really your friend, you need to be able to do that. Right. So I think they're all good. I don't know about Kanye and J. Cole, but I think that J. Cole and Wale are fine. You remember when my friend Darius was on a few weeks ago during the podcast, the election podcast, and <laughs> we were talking about um, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, um, the YBF actress who he's now dating, and he's publicly admitted to dating her and actually sent out a letter to all media checking them for filth for coming for his girlfriend. And my friend Darius, who's so silly, said he could be all about Meghan Markle if he want, but the queen is not allowing that woman up in the Buckingham Palace. And I was like, you are insane. Queen will allow her in Buckingham Palace. And in the royal court, he was like, no, absolutely not. Queen's not having it. Fast forward to today. He might have been right. (laughs) When Christmas rolls around, Megan is not invited 
Oh, this is hard. This is this is hilarious, but hard. So here's the deal. Meghan Markle, who stars on Suits, um, is, you know, dating Prince Harry with his cute self. They are in a very public and very affirmed relationship. Like this is not rumor. They both confirmed it. Um, allegedly, she's not invited to the Christmas celebrations at the Royal House. Oh, Megan, Queen's not having it. There were reports that were floating around like the Queen said absolutely not. She denied her entrance to the Buckingham Palace and wherever they have Christmas. I don't even think they have Christmas there. I think they have Christmas at a different castle or something. So Megan can't be with her man during the holidays. Like it's going to be a struggle. And then a new report came out on Entertainment entertainment tonight that said it is true that she would not be spending Megan and Harry won't be spending Christmas together but it's not because the queen denied her it's just that Megan and Harry both know the rules of the royal family he knows that until they get engaged Megan will not have a place around that Christmas dinner table it's kind of like black families right mm-hmm. whenever you try to bring your girlfriend home for Thanksgiving or Christmas they'd be like who this I don't see no ring. She is not invited here. She ain't married. She ain't eating my turkey. <laughs> People are so shady, including the queen. Uh, the source that told Entertainment Tonight this said, if you think about all those years that Prince William was courting Kate Middleton, she had to wait 10 years until she was invited to, they call it San- Sandringham? Sandringham? I'm not sure. But I think that that's the place where they spend like the winter. The, the winter holidays. Um, Harry and Meghan have only been dating for a few months. So no, the queen has not stolen Christmas. And no, Meghan Markle won't be at the Christmas table at Sandringham, how you pronounce that, this year. Oh, Meghan, maybe Prince Harry can come make a special little trip to see you. He just did that this week, by the way. He was in Barbados for their 50, year, um, 50 years of independence celebration. He was chopping it up with Rihanna. I kind of think they were flirting. You can go see for yourself in the pictures on the YBF.com. But, um, you know, once he left Barbados, he jetted to L.A. to go be with. I'm sorry. He jetted to um, Toronto to go meet with Megan. That's where she's at because she just wrapped filming her new show. Um, I think it's so cute. So they're spending like a little week together. Last minute. He missed his girl. She missed him. And so she was also spotted out. We have the picture picture on the ybf.com yesterday she was spotted out carrying flowers and wearing a a m plus h necklace how cute okay that's it so a couple of days ago we talked about on the site how stevie j and jocelyn are back together for the 2000th time and she was he recorded her on video fixing him breakfast i got breakfast i'm so hungry right now Okay, anyway, so he was fixing, she was fixing him breakfast and he was talking to her about, yeah, that's my baby and we got a kid to raise together. So basically he confirmed that he's the father of the baby that she's about to have. Um, They both have said that the baby's name is Bonnie Bell. I don't know. I don't know why. Um, They seemed happy again, but we know Anytime with Stevie J and Jocelyn, your favorite love in hip hop Atlanta folks, there's always, that's always short lived, you know? So one day later, they're back at each other's throats. After Stevie J poured out his heart 
to her on on Instagram and all these things and like, oh, I need to be a good father. We need to come together for the baby that's about to be born in the next month or so. Now they're back at each other's throats. On Sunday, <laughs> um, someone called the police, allegedly Stevie, and told them that Jocelyn had become violent and she started punching and scratching him. This is like, I mean... You know what? If they called on Sunday, I don't know when he recorded that video, though. He put that video up on, like, Monday or Tuesday. I don't know. It's it's hard to tell what came first because he could have recorded the video a while ago and, you know, posted it later after the fact. Maybe they've already made up. Who knows? But basically, on Sunday, he called Atlanta PD and told them, Jocelyn is beating my ass. He even filed a police report. He claims that Jocelyn busted his face and injured his eyes like he has proof of it. And the cops were like, but we don't see any visible injuries. <laughs> but they did say that he needs to get a restraining order. And we did hear that he did go to court and he did try to, you know, try to try to get that. Um, but Jocelyn is about to pop out this Bonnie Bell baby in like two weeks. Oh, my gosh. What is going on? Here's the other thing. A day after Stevie called the cops on Jocelyn, Stevie called them again. This time he called a different police department, Sandy Springs. The first time he called Atlanta Police Department, so I guess he was somewhere else. He called the Sandy Springs Police Department and said, Jocelyn assaulted me again. He says that she used her hands, feet, and teeth to attack him. <laughs> They were spotted leaving court on Tuesday, so he definitely went to go file the the, the restraining order. Um, I just feel like she's like nine months pregnant. Like, what is she possibly doing to you? And even if she did, get away from her then. Why do you keep going back? Why do y'all keep staying together? This baby has no hope unless they get their stuff together. That's so sad to bring a baby into this. And what's crazy is I really think these two are like this. I don't think this is just for the cameras. I think whether cameras are rolling or not, these two are crazy. Ike and Tina. Well, no, because Tina wasn't crazy. Nope, Tina wasn't crazy. That's Ike and Ike it. Yes, that's a great way to put it. Ike and Ike it. This is so odd. Ugh, get it together. The baby's due like tomorrow. Anyway, we're sure they'll be, you know, hugging and kissing on Instagram tomorrow. Then the police will be called. Maybe even like when, when Jocelyn's in labor, they're going to be calling the police because they're fighting. Who knows? Good luck with that, y'all. Speaking of um, Jocelyn, she has, oh, we have some, we have some tea for y'all. Y'all don't know this yet. But we, my correspondents, attended a screening. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was at another event. I was at the, the quad event. Um, so my correspondents attended a second event in New York last night, and it was for the Fox screening of Star. Guess who is in Star? Jocelyn, honey. And she's playing herself. Well, I'll take that back. <laughs> she's not technically playing herself, but she is playing a stripper. Go figure. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so she's going to be in Star. We don't know like what her the extent of her role, but she is in the first episode. Um, but outside of that, did y'all know that Lee Daniels did this interview on The Real to talk about why he made the star of Star, the lead, the lead actress of Star, why he wanted her to be a white actress? 
do y'all know that he told the real this the director went on the show this week and he said that there was a reason why the lead actress of star is white he says i thought it was important to address race relations in america okay we get that he says we are truly i believe in a civil war okay yeah i get that too I agree. Then he says, and I think that when we understand that we're all one, then we'll understand America. And America is still to be understood by us. I get that too. I agree. Then he says this. Uh I think this white girl is so fabulous that black people will embrace her and white people will embrace her. Wait, wait, what? (laughs) What does that have to do with race relations? I think that this white girl is so fabulous that black people are going to embrace her and white people will embrace her. Yeah, I get that. I mean, but what does that have to do with, what did I miss? How is that helping our plight? How does that help the plights of those that are ostracized in America and those that are the victims of racism? Us embracing a white girl does not fix racism. That The only way that that would be even the case is if white women were the victims of racism and they're not black women are so why does america embracing a white girl help out with racism i don't i don't know i'm confused i don't know i am drinking coffee today and i'm i'm (laughs) all over the place so i could be missing it um i thought that that was kind of silly one because who cares if she's white like have a white star who cares but then when you make a point to point it out at least make your point make sense You didn't even have to point it out. We didn't care. It's a new show. We were going to watch. So odd. It's almost like he's saying that the cause of racism is black people not embracing white people. Like, what what was the point of this statement? I guess. Lee Daniels is an interesting character. So maybe he meant something else. Maybe he meant something. His first part of his statement, we 100% agree with. And he is on point with that. But this part about embracing this white girl star, I mean, we would have embraced her anyway. Not because of race relations, but if she's good at what she does, we're going to embrace her. (sighs) Whatever, Lee. YBF's Fooly Wang of the Week. I have to get my thoughts together so I don't get too upset again so i'm slightly over it now now that i've gone off on tangents about it for two days but it needs to be discussed again that means this fully wing goes to charlemagne the god here's the thing i love charlemagne always have been listening to wendy williams since college and even after college whenever charlemagne came on and was her was was her co-host of sorts I love that he can rile people up with just certain words, but I thought he was also very smart. So I wasn't mad at things he said. I thought it was cool to listen. I listened to his podcast, Brilliant Idiots. Like I actually really appreciate, I appreciate anyone who speaks from a point of, they know what they're talking about. Like you may, you know, I may disagree with you, but I like to hear those things, not from a place of pulling things out your ass, but from a place of you've studied this, you've read this, and this is your you might use humor to deliver it um, and shade and, and shock value to deliver it. But at least it's coming from a place of you at least know what you're talking about. Um, so I don't have any issues with Charlemagne. I've actually always liked liked what he serves up, his brand of humor. But this time he kind of pissed me off. 
not just him, really like a lot of people pissed me off when it came to this subject, including Trevor Noah. Here's my thing. When you have a platform, I understand that you have to do things to get ratings. I get it. And I'm a media person, so I would never downplay another media person for being a media person. But there has to be limits to things you do because you know what the fallout can be. You of all people, you the media person know the effects that your words and the effects of you giving your platform to others has. So I would expect you, I hold you to a higher caliber to be able to, you know, determine when you should do things for ratings and when you should leave it alone for the greater good. This was a case I wanted them to leave alone for the greater good. And that is bringing Bigot Barbie, as my friend Michael Arsenault has coined her, on to both of their shows. Well, she went on one show. The other one, she, you know, she chatted with him on, on the side. It just pisses me off that Bigot Barbie, whose name is Tommy Lauren. Am I pronouncing her name right? I'm not sure. I know what you're talking about. Lauren, Lauren, I'm fine with Barbie. Laren. I'm just going to go with Bigot Barbie. All right. So she stars on a show and maybe not star. She hosts a show called um, um, whatever her name or show is, Tommy something. Um, and it's on The Blaze, which is a network that I've never heard of it. Um, but it's apparently on Verizon Fios and also on Dish Network. And it was started by conservative talking head Glenn Beck. So Tommy is about, um, I assume like her early 20s. She graduated from college in 2014. So um, she got this job in 2015. So that tells you how much work she put in to earn a hosting job on a network. Rolls eyes. Um, she didn't put in any work to earn that, but she is the typical look of what you would expect, not expect, but the typical look of what racist white men want to see. She's blonde. She's very pretty and she's very young. She's petite. She's all the things that racist white men love or that, you know, America in general just loves. Um, and when she opens her mouth, she spits the most disgusting and the most concern over. I don't even want to say conservative and conservatives should really distance themselves from her because she does not help their case. Um, the most disgusting to conservative and to meaning she takes it and perverts the term conservative, um, judgmental, condescending, racist, bigoted, completely culturally, racially, and everything else insensitive. Um, person like that's all she spews and it's gross she's the person that accuses or claims that black lives matter has you know promoted the killings of cops she says that it's the it's honestly the craziest things i've ever heard in my entire life you've probably seen the clips just circulating around facebook or instagram or wherever where it's you know it goes viral because she's a racist pretty white girl that's spewing the hate that a lot of people in America like to see in a package that they like to see it in. So yeah, it went viral. That's what it does. That's what racism, that's what, that's what crazy, you know, talk does. It goes viral, whether it's true or not, whether it's valid or not, whether it's nice or not, things like that go viral. 
because that's what Buzz does. So Trevor Noah decided to have her on his show, The Late Show, Late Night with Trevor Noah. Um, Think of her as, think of Tommy as the younger, far more uninformed version of, what's her name? Um, White lady with the long hair. Ann Coulter. Think of Tommy as the younger, more Barbie version, more misinformed, slightly more dangerous version of Ann Coulter. And that says a lot if you say it's the slightly more dangerous version of Ann Coulter. Um, So basically, Trevor Noah decided to have her on his show. Because he wanted to start the discussion and start the, the debate and the, the actual speaking to each other instead of talking about each other. And Trevor Noah ripped her to shreds without and not, he never raised his voice. He never cursed at her. He never called her a name. Everything was point by point. He broke her down and made her look like the stupidest person on earth. Basically, who to me she is. And I say stupid because you have the ability to know better. You went to college. You graduated college. You come from a good family. Isn't she from like South Dakota or something? Something random. She claims she's never, you know, interacted with black people. That doesn't mean that you're, that doesn't make you racist. That just makes you uninformed. You do something about that when you have the means to do it. But what did you do? Instead, you decided to let your environment dictate how you think about an entire group of people. 12 million people in America are black Americans. So now you've completely thought wrong about an entire group of people and you have a horrible horrible view of who these people are a horribly wrong view horribly misinformed you say wrong facts you say all these things so I guess Trevor wanted to approach her and wanted to nail her on every fact on this show so the whole world could see it and that's what he did it went viral the next day their chit chat we posted it on the site on the ybf.com and I mean, it was necessary to do. Sometimes you have to approach a person that is spewing hate and is getting traction for doing so. Um, sometimes you have to confront them head on and end it right there. I wasn't that mad at him doing that. Some people are mad that he had her on the show. They said, don't give hate groups and don't give hate people like her a platform at all. Just ignore them. They'll go away. I disagree with the whole just ignore them. They'll go away because we thought that about Trump and look what happened. You can't just ignore people. You have to shut them down and then move on. And I think that that's what Trevor did. My issue comes in that after this went viral, after the world saw how Trevor broke her ass down, much deserved, by the way, read her in the most polite fashion, but read her for filth. He felt this need to kiss up to her afterwards. And he felt a need to apologize Now, without actually apologizing, but he felt the need to defend her. So he took to his Twitter account to say, you know, thank you, Tommy, for coming on. This was not meant to hurt you. This was not this, not that. You guys stop being mean to Tommy. Stop dragging her. And, you know, she's just, she's learning. She's evolving. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is not the time to learn. You were given a big dog job, Tommy right out of college and you took it you accepted it so you better accept every consequence that comes with it there's people that have been journalists for 10 15 years that have never even been who are amazing at what they do who don't get offered the hosting job on a network i wonder why you did 
blonde white girl. Welcome to privilege. And welcome to a blonde white girl not acknowledging she has said privilege. Um, it irked me that he followed that up with, a, uh, he felt like he needed to, I don't know what it is, not apologize, but he felt the need to um, make her feel better. You know, because she was getting railed. It was bad. And I've never seen people do that for black girls. You know, we go places and get railed every day of our lives. Very rarely do I see somebody say, I'm sorry for that. Kind of pissed me off. Then the next day he sent her cupcakes. Hey, Tommy, here's cupcakes. She posted them on Instagram. Of course she did. She posted on Instagram. Thanks, Trevor. She's posing with the cupcakes all seductively and... It's just gross. He took her to a bar for drinks afterwards. That made the blogs. We have the picture and everything up on the YBF.com. Like, come on. Did some people probably rip you apart, Trevor, for, for doing what you did? Yeah, probably. But you're a host. You earned your position. You understand what comes with that. Sometimes even when you speak truth, people are going to be mad. But it was worth it. Because you need to shut down hatred. And that's what he did. So the fact that he's kind of like crawling back, it just, it irks me. I don't like it. And she's not a per, she's not your friend. And here we go again with black folk thinking that some white person is your friend when they show who they are. She showed you who she is over and over and over and over again. She's been on the air for over a year saying these hurtful, disgusting things. It's not just about learning. She's not in college anymore. She accepted the job. If she wasn't ready for the job and she still had things to learn, she shouldn't have accepted the job. Yet she did because what does she want? Of course she wants stardom. She's 20-something years old, you know? Like, she'll say whatever. Do I think she believes everything she says? Probably, child. She might not even realize what she's saying. She just knows it gets her, you know, men liking her pictures and men liking her videos, and it goes viral. That's all there is. So then Charlemagne allegedly well I won't say allegedly it's it's confirmed he was going him and the breakfast club were going to have Tommy on their show the very next day I guess she's on a promo tour she suddenly wants to talk to black men I don't know the black men she hates so much but she is quick to use them for some publicity isn't she oh I know some other girls like that I don't do you (laughs) how interesting (laughs) So apparently she called out of that that interview because this was the day that everything was going viral. Like her reading and everything that, that Trevor gave to her was viral. And allegedly the network that she works for, The Blades, said they wanted to stop the bleeding. So they canceled her appearance on The Breakfast Club because they all knew that she was about to get ripped to shreds again. She couldn't hold her own because she's ignorant. She's dumb. She had no comebacks. She couldn't explain how she felt. She couldn't explain things because she has no facts. She's just spewing hatred. So Charlemagne went to Twitter and said, oh, well, apparently we're not doing this interview because she canceled it. Apparently she's, you know, she can't take it anymore. Next thing we know, a day or so later, he's out with her, out with Tommy, posing for pictures. They're chopping it up. I'm not sure if they did a podcast or not because his his brilliant idiots co-host was also in the pictures. So I'm not sure if he's going to have her on the show. I don't know. Um, I don't know if she's going to do the breakfast club at another time, but he did meet up with her and they seem to have done something together. Next thing we know, he's defending her like crazy. He claims he's not defending her, but that's how it came off to almost everyone. Oh, Tommy's just misinformed and we, we need to, you know, rally around. We need to do this and do that. 
we, we don't need to do a damn thing. She made her bed that she is very confident about. So we have every right to mess the bed up. Every right. And she can keep making it back up if she wants. But you're going to take it. You said it and you're going to take it. So Charlemagne took to Twitter and one of the last things he said was pretty much my last straw and was, was most people's last straw. Here's what he said. Would be dope if a young black or Hispanic woke woman used social media to create a platform to be a voice like Tommy Lahren did. I can't even. I, I, was, I was keeping my mouth shut throughout his whole you know, Twitter rant about why people were mad at him for posing up with Tommy and posting on Instagram and all these things. But this one, I was done for many reasons. One, oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> one, because if you don't recognize that there are tons of black and Hispanic women who are woke, who do use their social media to create platforms and to be a voice, then that's your fault. That's your fault, not ours, that you didn't notice. So I was like, well, that's funny because I can name two black women on a very network that you're on yourself, Charlemagne, MTV. They've created, you know, MTV Decoded. They've created, you know, like different shows about this and they're black women. What are you talking about? It's not their fault that they're not elevated or, or vi going viral and all these things because other people aren't looking at them. Of course, Tommy went viral. She's spewing hatred that always goes viral. It's not that difficult to understand. Everyone knows, especially media people, and this is why I got more mad about it, is because when you know better and yet you still kind of um, pander to the idea that black women clearly aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing then because they're not on her level, that kind of, sh it, it irks me. Don't do that because you know exactly why black women's voices are not going viral. One, because they're black women. Welcome to my life. We can say exactly what some other girl says and ours will not go viral, but theirs will. The how was that our fault? Why don't you charge that game? Why don't you charge that to America? Why wasn't the phrase that you actually said, America, why don't y'all go to XYZ site or America? Why don't y'all go to XYZ's radio show or podcast or this person? Why don't you all go listen to this black woman's platform so much? Why do y'all keep making things that Tommy says go viral? Why is that not the, the angle that we take here? Why is the angle as usual, the onus is put on the black woman who's doing all the work that irked me to no end. Because one, I thought that Charlemagne was team us. Like I've heard him many times defend black women um, about certain things. Yeah, there are times that he goes in on black women. That whole thing with little mama pissed me off. Um, he went in on her and, and put her in tears and never apologized until like 10 years later, it felt like. So it's like, <laughs> but we over here defending Tommy five hours later who, who deserved everything she got? Like, get out of here. You know, America don't like a upset blonde woman. They don't like it at all. If a blonde woman's upset, they, we need to go defend her and help her. So for him to say that was quite disgusting and people read him for filth. Jamila Lemieux read him for filth. Who used to be the former, um, former digital editor over at Ebony. Fabulous feminist that she is. Um, Francesca Ramsey, who has a show as well. She also is one of the writers on um, uh, one of the late night shows. She's amazing. 
women went in on him and basically told him, you need to stop accusing us of not doing what we're supposed to do and stop and look around. Why aren't you putting these black women and Hispanic women that you talk or speak of? Why aren't you putting them on a platform? Why aren't you putting them on your own show? One of my friends actually reached out to me after I talked about this on Facebook. Y'all know I ran to Facebook to talk about it. <laughs> One of my friends actually reached out. She's a lawyer. She's also a talking head. She does things on, um, on you know, Fox News and things like that. And she's a black woman. We went to high school together. She's amazing. She's gorgeous, but she's very smart. And no, she's not super, She's not conservative, like, you know, to be on Fox News. She's just a talking head and typically does Fox News. She actually told me, she said, Natasha, here's the funny thing. I ran into him in the Fox News green room. I ran into Charlemagne. <clears throat> I specifically asked him, hey, can I come on your show to discuss my perspective as a black woman at Fox News covering this election? And I can also talk about anything else. I can talk about police shootings of black men. I can talk about, you know, how the cable news is covered and how they're not covering it. And I can talk about culturally relevant things from a black female perspective. She's like, I gave him my email address, my cell phone number. I gave him everything so that we could talk. And she said, I even followed up afterwards. Needless to say, I'm still waiting on the call. So that kind of tells me, I'm not saying that he does this all the time. You know, I'm just saying, I don't like when people criticize an entire group of people that are already, you know, just already feet on our neck all the time as black women in media, always. I don't appreciate you putting the onus on us that we're not doing what we're supposed to do. Have you done what you're supposed to do to put those black women on a pedestal? Ask yourself that before you accuse us of something. Go listen to his donkey of the day for his explanation on what's being said. But basically, he's apologizing for not saying it clear enough. But he's also still blaming the world for not understanding what he had to say because he still stands by what he says. He's saying there's a difference between social platforms and an actual platform and he's saying that she has an actual platform that's what it seems like he's saying to me and there's a lot of black women and hispanic women on twitter and facebook and all these places that are talking on the platform and but they're not the voices aren't amplified and she has now found a way to amplify her voice using facebook from her actual show that she does I understand in a way what you're saying, but there, that doesn't mean that there's no black women on national television either who also don't use social media. Whoopi Goldberg is on The View every day saying some really, sometimes I disagree with her, but sometimes she says some real, real stuff that needs to be amplified. But is it? Nope. It's put all over the place on The View's Facebook, The View's social, The View's everything. Does that go viral? No. So stop acting like we just don't know what we're doing. It's not hard to make racism go viral. Stop acting like she did something impossible. Tommy created a platform. She didn't create anything. She was given that. He swears up and down that she created her audience and she created this, created that. Mm, the audience is kind of already there. Like they have a built-in. Glenn Beck is the most conservative talking head on earth. It's already there. She didn't create something from nothing. Stop acting like we're on the same level. I created something from nothing. I can name... 20 black women off the top of my head that created something from nothing stop putting us in the same lane she was given something she she gets a paycheck so no she didn't create something from nothing she doesn't file um w9 she files w2s there's a difference oh jesus i'm just mad i'm really mad because i really i expected more 
I understand that, you know, you feel like black women should have a higher and more powerful voice here, but it's not because of our lack of effort. It's because of America giving more credence to those who look a certain way, period, point blank. And if a black woman ever went off the way that Tommy does on her show, like she gets enraged about the killer black men and about, you know, black lives matter and just how horrible black people are. And if we ever went off like that, what do we get labeled as angry black woman? So stop acting like it's all our fault. There's a lot of things at play here. And if you're not doing anything to help the matter, shut it. Anyway, he wants to know what he can do to, um, to help the matter. He said, what can I do? I'm telling y'all right now, what can I do to help black women get a higher voice and to get a more vocal voice and to make sure that people hear and see their platforms more? Oh, since you asked, I have three ways you can help. One, give money to these black female platforms. It's very simple. A lot of corporations rarely pay multicultural females who, um, I don't even like to say the word females, but I'm using the word because that's what Charlemagne used. Um, Most corporations have issues with finding and funding um, women owned and operated platforms. I don't know why it's so difficult, but it is. And a lot of multicultural women do not get what they deserve they do not get the pay they deserve they do not get the sponsorships they deserve they do not get the um amplification they deserve so what people don't realize is for whatever reason um that while these people are not getting paid with their audience and what they are worth those companies and those sponsors and those potential sponsors and those brands and those people are still using their demos to get great ratings for their shows and their movies and their, and their, you know, brands and whatever is what is they want to sell. But a lot of times they don't reinvest back into those platforms for whatever reason. Oftentimes, uh, mainstream content sites who get far less traffic or have far less influence, they're flocked to by those corporations with the money, with the funding for digital campaigns and to invest back into companies they're given a disproportionate amount of money, to be honest. Um, It takes money to run a website, you know, and it takes money to support traffic. It takes money to support the resources, to keep the work flowing and keep it up to date, to employ writers, to employ researchers. It all takes money. And a lot of black media, I would even go as far to say most. I've been on this for 10, going on 11 years. I, it's, it's always an uphill battle to make people respect and see your audience. They can see the numbers. Our numbers could be better than the, the next mainstream site. These corporations will so easily bypass you and go to that mainstream site. There's many factors at play here. There's sexism, there's racism, there's a lot of just misinformation. There's laziness on the behalf of those corporations. It's a lot of factors. But at the end of the day, all signs point to black media, especially women owned and operated black media or black platforms get overlooked when it comes to getting funding. So give these, give, give the female platforms some money. If, if you want to do something and want to know how you can help, there's one way. Number two, source black media. You're on radio on 10,000 markets all around the country, you know, That means every single day, 
people are listening to you. They're listening to who you reference. They're listening to what you say. So why not take advantage of that? Why not make almost like create your own list of like black owned or female or women operated and owned platforms or talking heads or people that have great social platforms or people that have great traditional platforms, make a list and make sure you always go check those people before you talk about whatever topic you want to talk about. Go see if those people on your list have said anything about it so that you can reference them and source them on the air. The more you say things, the more you reference things, it's almost, I don't want to call it brainwashing, but it's more of like a promotion. It's a branding thing. And you of all people know about branding. So as much as we can source mainstream people from CNN to people to, to ABC News to CBS News, why can't we throw in, you know, a Francesca Ramsey? Why can't we throw in a Awesomely Lovey? Like, why can't we reference these women on a daily basis, just like we reference mainstream on a daily basis? The more you say it, repetition is key. Perception is reality. So the more you say it, people will learn and people might start visiting those platforms on their own. So that's a way to help. There's power in repetition. It changes the way people think and are conditioned to think. And Donald Trump proved that, didn't he? Just saying. Third, this one's a little bit longer. It's a little bit, to me, one of the most important that doesn't even get talked about. Black influencers, celebrities, and talking heads. Stop only running to white and mainstream media to give your stories and your exclusive to. This is part of the issue of the black media and the black platforms not being amplified because the things that would amplify those platforms, those things are given to white and mainstream. So how about we talk about the effort that's being put in to make your, whether it's you, the celeb or whoever, the talent or your PR team, the effort they put in to go secure, you know, placement on People Magazine or placement on BuzzFeed or Vanity Fair or things like that. Can you put in the same amount of effort to reach out to a black media platform? Give them a story. It will naturally go viral because your content is what's going viral. Yes, you do have, I understand the the desire to be like, oh, I have this huge, I'm getting married or, and I can, I, I'm not going to name no names, but there's a certain person who recently got married and ran to People Magazine and it's it's like, but they don't talk about you ever. I can name other sites, including ours, that talk about you at least once a week. And we talk about things that are not just huge, life-changing moments. We're not only talking about you, not just us, and this is not just about YBF, this is about black media in general. Black media tends to talk about the whole person, the whole character, good and bad. Not just when you're arrested, not just when you had a baby, not just when you got married, everything. When you had your charity event, we're talking about that. When you said something on your show or when you had an interview, when you were making media rounds, black people talk about you. So why do you ignore them when there's a big story? Why do you run and go give the big story to the already big conglomeration? I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying pay attention to what's happening when you do that. Maybe give it to both, you know, figure out a way to split up your exclusive, figure out a way to also toss a bone at the very least to the black media. Split up the story. Give two things to two people. Why is that so difficult? Stop ignoring. You can't, you can't be confused on why black platforms don't have the amplification that you think they should have when at the same time you're not giving them the tool to even be amplified. Right. 
we can't if you don't want us to create a story about you give us the story then you go give it to people magazine go give it to us too this was my gripe with nate parker by the way he went to deadline and variety to talk about his whole you know the rape case and all those things when when birth of a nation was out because he was trying to stop the bleeding before it started but he went to two white mainstream publications who read and ripped him apart for filth they did not take heed to anything he was saying it was like an they saw an opportunity to kill this man and i'm not saying they were wrong or right for doing it i'm just saying they once once he told them the story and he went to them for it once once he did that it was on and popping mainstream ripped him to shreds interestingly the one interview that humanized him and actually made black women say huh we understand what he's saying now he actually is apologizing he actually is somewhat admitting to being a an idiot back in the day you know he was 18 years old like yeah you're an idiot what you did you're now understanding guess who that interview was with ebony magazine why didn't you do that to begin with Sometimes people who have a stake in you doing well know how to shape the narrative to make to make you win because we have a stake in you winning. So we want to make sure we do this interview properly so that you win, so that you now humanize yourself. So now you humble yourself. Why on earth would Deadline or Variety want to do that for you? But that's who you ran to. Very interesting. So that's just an example. If your PR team isn't booking you with black media, Hold them accountable and make them. You're not going to get off all sky. I've had so many black celebs come to me like, I mean, my PR team didn't. I don't, I don't know why they didn't. You hired them. If you hire them, you control it. You want to be a business, right? That's what businesses do. And that's what business leaders do. You tell the people that you hire what to do. If they're not doing their job, you hold them accountable. You either fire them or make them. Pick one. If you want to break a story with someone, go find a black female of color or I'm sorry a female of color or black Hispanic whatever fit whatever floats your boat and go give her that story and break it so that she can have something to amplify her platform someone you trust I'm not saying that this goes for everybody because you know everybody ain't great and everybody don't know what they're doing I get that but every mainstream site don't know what they're doing either and that did not stop y'all from running to them so don't group all black media together or all Hispanic media or all Latin media. Like don't group everybody together because of the mess ups of one or two. You all don't do that for mainstream. So don't do that for us. If you break a story with, you know, a, maybe quote unquote smaller, that's another story. I mean, a smaller media entity that's, that's neither here nor there. It's going to go viral regardless because you are the story. Your story is the story. So why not give them, you know, why not help each other out? The other thing about it is understand what that means about big and small. A lot of people like to tell us, oh, we want to go give it to a big platform. Yeah, but in that big platform, maybe only 2% of the people even know who you are. So it only reached 2% of that big platform. Whereas 100% of a black media platform knows who you are. So it's reached 100%, which that 100% is likely very big, like much larger than that 2% that it reached on the other site. So people have to keep that in mind and understand how that works. Advertisers kind of got hip to that game, and that's why we were able to do certain things business-wise to leverage ourselves and say, hey, we might not have 10 million uniques a month, but even if we had one or two, that's more in that demo 
than certain other large platforms has in that demo for that demo, not in general for that demo that means something. Um, so I want the, I want black and black and Hispanic celebs and talent and, and, and influencers to understand and recognize that. So these are the ways that you can help. Hopefully that makes sense. Toss his hair. Toss his hair. YBF's BF of the week goes to any and all people who defended black women in this whole Tommy Lauren shebang and debacle. <laughs> Almost called it a debang. <laughs> um, people like Bomani Jones, you know, responded to Charlemagne with a very good response. Um, he basically said, once Charlemagne tweeted the whole thing about, you know, woke black, woke women that are black or Hispanic should create a platform like she did. Um, he said, what a bad idea this is. <laughs> then he said, um, you know, to be fair, I can see where I may have misunderstood. See the God. It's just that on me, you know, if so on me, but again, it's a bad, bad, bad approach. And I have to agree with that. Charlemagne was saying he wasn't saying he wasn't telling black women and Hispanic women to just do exactly what Tommy did. Cause that's how it kind of felt a little bit. You're putting us down to raise her up. That's let's not do that. Um, but that wasn't all of the problem. The, also, the other problem was you ignoring that those black women are here. They are existing. Period. Um, so thank you to the people that kind of stood up. I saw way more defense of black women than I've seen in a very long time. Um, so thanks to the men and women who spoke up and used their voice and, and made everyone kind of rethink what they were saying and feeling in the situation. Y'all know how I feel about that. Speak up. Do not be quiet. Do not be scared. I have to tell myself that sometimes. But remember, do not be that passive girl just sitting there. If you have something to say, say it. Don't get beat up, but say it. Y'all know what I mean. Any Hillary bitches over all right that's our podcast for this week it was a little long i know but i had so much to get off my chest there's so much going on uh people got my nerves bad and i was on a rage but i think we've come to some conclusions and i've gotten some things off my chest so i'm good now so thanks for listening love you always thanks guys With a paper trail, stay with a hundred mil. Big house in the hills, ice cubes on my neck. Stay with the money, yeah. In the back, counter stacks, new bands, I'm buying that. All I see is green.